Welcome to Returning Home. This is Natalie Sapinski speaking to you live from my home in Susia in the Southern Chevron Hills. It is July 2nd. It is the beginning of the real summer season here in Israel. The children are all finished school. The older ones finished up last week. The last day was Friday for everyone else, the younger kids. And now uh, it's two months of, you know, teenagers sleeping in their beds. Nobody, nobody doing the dishes and everybody complaining that there's no food in the fridge, which I'm sure uh, is not unique to my house. I'm sure it goes on everywhere, but it's summer. And this is the last summer that I'm going to have um, kids at home, really, because they're all going off in September to different places. My youngest is 13. You probably remember me talking about him and his bar mitzvah in October. Well, he's going to be learning in the yeshiva in Eilat. And my um, daughter will be going to a Opana, a school in Haifa. My third son will be going off to a mechina in the Jordan Valley. And then I have my two soldiers who are continuing to serve. So I'll have an empty house. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to only having to go shopping once a week. And, um, you know, the dishes in the sink will not accumulate so fast and everybody will come home on Thursday. And again, the complaints will happen. The refrigerator will never have enough food and nobody will be happy with my Shabbat menu. But that's life. And uh, it doesn't bother me too much. I want to talk to you about something. Um, I I think I've described to you what life is like here in Susia, in my Yishuv. In the summer, it's really beautiful. It's like an old fashioned uh, summer here, an old fashioned uh, summer camp, if you will. And just now on the way here to my little office, um, they're setting up a summer festival, bringing in the summer. They have cotton candy and popcorn set up. There's a big jumping thing for the kids. There's arts and craft tables. And uh, that's like the formal exciting part. But like if you turn around, which I did, (laughs) there's this one area of grass in our yeshuv. Most people don't have grass. It's very expensive to install filters, um, sprinklers and water. So there's this one area of grass there's one in front of the store it's called the big grass and behind the store which is also the big grass but there's a hill and um there right now the sprinklers are on and as i walked here i saw like a few kids two or three kids they are so excited because usually the sprinklers go off only in the early early morning i'm actually surprised to see them going off now it doesn't make sense there must be a, a mistake with the timer but they only go off in the early early morning and i'm out early i walk my dogs between five and six. And I open the pool at six. Nobody's up. Nobody. Um, so now I see the kids. They're so excited. They never saw a sprinkler before. And it's just so beautiful to see the simple things in life and how they bring joy and how they get kids excited. Just like when we were kids, you know, I grew up in the eighties, the seventies, I was born in 1970. And I remember jumping up and down in the sprinkler also is very exciting. And it's so beautiful to see that kind of simple life, simple Jewish life out here in the small towns, the small yeshuvim, the settlements, you can call them, whatever. They're really small little suburbs. Some are big, some are smaller than others, but it's really a beautiful life. And if you're looking to have that kind of life in Israel, that's where you should look. You should look in the small suburbs, the small yeshuvim, the settlements. It's really, really nice. Um, There's also no traffic. You don't have a problem with parking. There's just, it's just open space a lot of open space and um the uh you know you probably heard in the news last week that there was uh you know there was a terrible terror attack maybe it was already two weeks ago outside Ali, right at the edge of Ali in the shomron um four people were killed others were hurt 
terror terrorists pulled up in his truck. They jumped out a bunch of them and just opened fire. And they went inside a restaurant, Humus Aliahu, which we have all been to. It's a chain, very popular chain, and killed some people in there and then killed some people. Um, one guy filling his car with gas and hurt a bunch of others. Um, and right afterwards, maybe a few days afterwards, a bunch of, uh, they call them hilltop youth, strong Jewish kids, went running through Harara, the, the Arab city where these terrorists are, where their terrorists constantly are taking shots at us as we're driving through the one road that we all share, Route 60. And um, I listened to Lenny Goldberg's show. He's a friend of mine. Our kids learn together. We spent Shabbat together, actually, at, um, up there in the Shomron. Uh, two weeks ago, and I heard his show last week, how he was explaining that these kids who are running through the Arab cities are not afraid of the Arabs. They're afraid of the IDF. They're afraid of having administrative detention, of going to jail, of being interrogated for hours unfairly without their parents, because these kids are young. They're 15, 16, you know, some younger, and they're very brave. And I like what he said. He said, these are the heroes. These are the kids who are going to be the leaders. The IDF has changed. It shackles our kids today. It's very sad to, to hear this. And I know it's true. Um, firsthand experience. My children tell me, my, my boys tell me what goes on there. It's, things have changed and things are changing. And it's very important to know, to be informed. And if you can be part of the solution, be part of the solution. And the solution for all of us and all of you listening, if we're too old to serve in the IR, IDF, is to move here and live in Yehuda and Shamron. We need to outnumber the Arabs. We need to take every hilltop and populate and populate and populate and build and build and show ourselves and show our numbers. Do you know what happens here when there's an accident or a terror attack? The, um, the Whoever is, is there calls the MOCAD number. I'm not going to say what the number is on the air, but there's a special number. We all know it. We all have it. And um, that alerts the security forces and the IDF and our team, our Hatzalah Yudav Shamron team, because we also work with security forces. We're all in the same um, communication system. So we all are there first. And because we have such a shortage of vehicles, sometimes, especially at night, they'll have one emergency vehicle driving back and forth to show that there's a lot of vehicles that's a sad state of affairs. I learned this a couple of years ago. There just aren't enough. There aren't enough. Okay. We need more people out here. We need more funds out here. We need more bodies out here. It's not going to happen from the top down. It has to happen with us families and people. It can't be a political statement. These statements mean nothing. They are empty. People need to take action move out here and, you know, outnumber the Arabs. So they'll see, oh, this is not a fight that we can win. That's what has to happen. Um, I was going to talk about one other thing. Uh, I'm going to be going to the States, to Canada and Toronto at the end, in the mid-August, mid and I'll be speaking there for um, Yehuda, for Hatzala Yudava Shamron and visiting my parents at the same time. And I've been asked to speak um, about anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism. And it's just so strange to me. I've, I have very little experience with that issue. My children have no experience with those terms, those issues at all. And I was thinking, 
and I was talking to someone, what should I talk about? What do I say? And they said to talk about how important it is to, to know Israel, to be familiar with Israel, to promote Israel, to live in Israel, of course, but to, to promote Israel. And, and it, uh, you know, we don't have uh, an anti-Semitism problem here or an anti-Zionism problem here. Here it's different. Here it's different. There are people who are, as my children call them, Smolanim, left wing, who are anti uh, where we live, anti Yudah and Shimron. They don't think it's a solution that Jews are here. They think it's a problem that Jews are here. I think that's a minority opinion today. And then there are people who are with us, you know, who want a strong Yudah and Shimron. Um, but I, it's, it's very funny to me. I, I was listening this morning to a to a talk between the National Council of Jewish Women and. Um, a woman who is the uh, envoy, special envoy for uh, the United States, who just, I guess, for anti-Semitism, I think is her title. Really uh, great um, listening to this. They put out some kind of report with these four pillars that how they're going to address anti-Semitism. And there are a hundred, you know, actions and all these um, all these agencies have signed on all to fight anti-Semitism. Now, I mean, right away, you hear something like that and you're like, wow, it must be a big problem if they have to pull in all these federal agencies and appoint a special you know, um, person for this job and come up with a report. Um, what do you think you're going to accomplish with the report? What do you think is going to happen? You think people are going to stop hating Jews? Of course not. The one thing they said in there was you should be um, out, not outspoken about being Jewish, show Jewish pride, and I guess demonstrate Jewish pride. Everything else was like kind of defensive. Learn how to call it out when you hear uh, anti-Semitism, call it out. Now, look, the people who are anti-Semitic, like these crazy people, like you run into them in the stores and line, maybe in these big shopping centers, you're not going to call them out. These people are big and scary and they're out of control. I wouldn't call them out. What are you going to do? Tell them to shut their mouth. What are you going to do? Oh, you know what? That's anti-Semitic, what you just said. No, these people are nuts. They're un- you don't reason with people like that. And you don't need to talk with people like that. I don't need somebody like that being angry with me and following me to my car. No, thanks. You know, you just, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm going to do if, if something like that happens to me. But nothing like that ever happens to me, ever. I walk around in America with my hair up in my mitpachat, my double scarves. I wear a big necklace with a high. It's huge. And it's very obvious that I'm Jewish and I don't hide it. I don't, you know, my kids that we speak Hebrew out loud um, and uh, I've never had a problem. Sometimes people compliment my necklace. What is that? What does that mean? Is that a symbol or, you know, I love your scarf. How do you wrap it? What does it mean? And I'll get questions, but I've never had um, anything negative or, or anything. And I, I wonder if that's because I'm really out about it. I'm really you know, very proud. Um, and, and maybe there's something to that, you know, if you are out there and proud, people are respectful. Um, and they're not going to feel, I guess, uh, comfortable with an anti-Semitic comment. It's just, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know. But the fact that they have this big growing issue in America is really uh, awful. Um, not surprising. Europe is, you know, leading this and America is not behind at all. It's just right after. And this happens. This happens every, what, every 70 years. Um, Israel is strong today and the Jews need to come home. 
there's just no reason not to be here. There's no reason to have to fight anti-Semitism in America when you have a strong Jewish homeland. There's no reason. Um, so that is something I wanted to talk about. And um, I guess I will have to put together some kind of talk to uh, hold people's interest. And I guess I'll just give them some uh, life stories about what it is like to live here and, and what the facts are. Because I think people who don't have um, knowledge have really a hard time memorizing scripts and memorizing lines for how to combat comments. A lot of these comments are just out of ignorance. You know, that people might say something like, um, it's a, uh, what's that word? Um, apartheid state. Well, no, it's not. You know, we're all on the same roads. You know, Arabs and Jews are all working in Soroka. So I don't know what you're talking about. And then they have nothing to say. Because, see, I know these things firsthand because I live here. Um, so I wanted to address that. But uh, that's that's all. We have a guest today from India. Um, he was on a couple years ago, Avram. Um, and he, for some reason, is not showing up. Avram Shalom. He actually moved here on June 15th, and he's in Ashdod in an um, absorption center. I think it's called Bait Canada. And um, he was going to tell us what his experience has been like so far. It's, it's very unusual today to meet somebody who goes to an absorption center. It used to be what everybody did, but today uh, a lot of people don't. They they rent a uh, home through Airbnb, or some of them even buy a home before they even come here. Um, people rent apartments, rent homes for a year. Most people don't go into an absorption center, but it is really a cool experience. It's living in an apartment and everyone with you in that apartment house is just like you. They're also new immigrants, and it's a great way to um, come. When I made Aliyah, when I was 21, I uh, lived in a kibbutz, and they were all also Olim, uh, mostly from Brazil and Russia. Uh, maybe there was one other American. And so that was also an experience. We were all together, all kind of doing the same thing, learning Hebrew. Um, we had a job in the kibbutz. We, we hung out together, and then like we went off. So it's it a really good experience. But any experience you have coming here will be a, a good one, an adventurous one. It's all in your attitude. It's really all in your attitude. Um, it's, a, it's a life change. It's a move, but it's more than a move. It's, it's moving to the Jewish homeland. And there's no other move that will be like this. Um, some people, you know, want to change in their life. Well, you can go anywhere, right? Why would you choose here? Well, because it's Jewish homeland and it's different and it's special and it's, and it's the best. It's the best. I don't know anyone who's come here and has regretted it. Okay. It's, um, it's, uh, it's beyond, it's really beyond, but that's really it for me. Um, because I was going to have a much more interesting guest than just me and I can only talk so much. So I'm going to end and please, uh, I want to tell you another thing. I, I never mentioned this and I should, I really love your comments and your letters um, some of you email, some of you send it through the, the main email and it always gets to me. It does. Um, Tamara does send it on. And I really thank you all. It gives me a lot of encouragement, you know, st sitting here behind a microphone talking is like talking to myself. <laughs> it's like talking to myself and you kind of wonder, am I making a difference? Does anybody listen? So when you write in and you tell me, that it is making a difference and you did hear this and it did make you feel calmer. Um, it's very nice to hear. And of course, if you have any suggestions and criticism, you know, don't be afraid to tell me I can take it. I have very thick skin. I have been criticized my entire life and I don't plan on that stopping soon. I will never get better, 
if people just tell me I'm doing well. So tell me if I'm doing a bad job. Tell me if you want to hear something different. Tell me if I talk too much. Tell me if I talk too fast. Uh, Tell me if my guests are boring. Tell me if you want to hear more from people in the periphery or if you want to hear more specialists, if you want to hear more about banking and mortgages, you know, and I'll I'll dig around and I'll get more. Um, We've done this show. I think it's going on. It's been three years. It's a long time. And um, those letters and those questions from all of you give me a lot of um, motivation to keep going. So I thank you and I um, ask you to keep doing that. And um, I'm going to sign off. And um, I hope that Avram will be available and we'll either record a show or I'll bring him on live next week. And we'll hear about his experience living in the Absorption Center in Ashtod. And um, in the meantime, if any of you have any other suggestions, please write in. Natalie at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And I think that's it for me. 